Hello and Merry Cheltenham, everybody. Our sponsors, Mansion Bet, wish you a Merry Cheltenham, and they'd also like to keep you up to date with one of their main offers. And that is, you'll get paid out in full if you have a bet in the first race each day at the festival and your horse finishes second. Welcome to the winner's enclosure. I'm pleased to be joined by Chris Dixon. And Chris, they're really anxious times, aren't they? The day before the festival's about to kick off and a lot can go wrong for owners and trainers last minute. It absolutely can. And further evidence of that this morning with Altior and the declarations coming through um, for the Queen Mother Champion Chase. And he isn't a part of that lineup, which is obviously disappointing for all concerned, disappointing for racing fans as well. And even from this point on, things can go wrong. Scroll back 12 months and Chacun Persois, he was absolutely fine until the morning of the race and it all went wrong at that point. Until those tips go up, you can't be absolutely certain. There's so many things that, that can go amiss up until that point. And then you've got to get through the race itself. So um, they are extremely anxious times. And, and the thing is, at this point, nothing can go wrong. Just the slightest thing that isn't really a problem in the grand scheme of things is a problem on a race day or a couple of days before and and so it's uh, it's disappointing and there might well be another casualty or two along the way in terms of not being able to run at the meeting just because of the, the nature of horses mm. and two other really disappointing ones are obviously Energamin in the Arco um, and also Time Hill in the Stairs you know desperately disappointing because they both provided real clashes didn't they he did. I was really looking forward to Energamin Shishkin in particular um, uh, as a clash to, to really um, look forward to this week. But as you say, the Time Hill Paisley Park one was another that looked like a tremendous clash on paper, particularly as Time Hill had taken the scalp of Paisley Park already this year. So again, disappointing for uh, their connections. One thing that we're seeing with Cheltenham generally this year, alongside those um, few last minute casualties that we've had, we're seeing the fields not fill up in quite the same way. And I think that is a result of, to some extent, owners not being allowed to, to go and watch their horses run. So a few of those uh, social runners perhaps not lining up. And, and maybe the Irish not maybe scattergunning the races to quite the same extent because of the issues with staffing um, mm. that they're going to have and, and people, their staff having to self-isolate when they get back, which makes the whole operation more difficult. So... I think a few things are coming together to make this a slightly different Cheltenham Festival and it will certainly feel different. I'm lucky enough to be there for the first two days of the meeting working for Racing TV. It won't be the same, but it'll still be brilliant and I'm still very much looking forward to it. Well, the obvious starting point for us is the first race on the opening day and that is, of course, the Supreme Novices Hurdle. And uh, Mansion Bet Prices suggest that Appreciate It is being well-backed and is going to go up quite a short price favourite. He's going to go off a, a short price favourite and you can see why really. He's, he's done everything right, hasn't he? He's been a, a grade one winner on his last two starts. And I think back to, I think either the first or one of the first um, preview shows or review shows of the weekend that we did here on the Winner's Enclosure, Emma, um, back in uh, early February. And we were talking about Appreciate It after that second grade one victory. And we were both really of the opinion that, yes, he was a nice horse, he was going the right way, he had good form, but he wasn't exactly giving you the wow factor that day as he had done over Christmas at Town. I think this horse is a real stayer, and I do just have a doubt that the Supreme Novices Hurdle is going to be a little bit too much of a test of speed for him. The rain that they had overnight um, into Monday will have helped him softening the ground. It has, without a doubt, increased his chance. 
But there are other nice horses in this field. And for all I think he's a worthy favourite, I think he's a little bit too short. Talking about the other nice horses against him, I don't think we disagree here because there's two I like, well, Metier and, and Soaring Glory. We'll start with Metier because I know you're keenest on him. Yeah, I'm keenest on Metier. Um, he's like... Um, um, like appreciate it he's got very good hurdling form he, he probably hasn't beaten the same caliber of rival along the way but he's done everything right I was really taken by his performance in the Tolworth uh, last time out now yes the the level of form in behind might not be that high but the time compared very favorably with a handicap that wasn't too far away from it on the card and if you judge him on that then you can make him um, in, in form terms a, a horse that is well capable of winning a supreme novice's hurdle. I also like the fact that he is a horse with a, a, a fair bit of speed about him. I think his chance would have, in a way for all that a lot of his form has been on a really soft surface, I think better ground would, wouldn't have inconvenienced him because I think he's quite quick, whereas it might have uh, inconvenienced um, appreciate it. But I think the thing with, um, with Metier is that he's got that pace, he's got a progressive profile, He's a younger horse by two years and he might just have a little bit more progression in him. And I just think he's a big price in comparison to his main market rival. And um, I like the way that he finished off his race at Sandown. How often have we seen horses this year at Sandown absolutely walking home on that hurdle track? He powered home. And I think that's the sign of a really good horse. Yeah, I totally agree. Then you've got Bally Adam, um, who can make mistakes and obviously was behind Appreciate It last time. Soaring Glory is an interesting one, I think, to touch on because I, I thought the way he travelled was quite eye-catching in the Betfair. Um, it's a race that has subsequently, the horses that have then gone on to this race have, have got quite a good record in the race. I know he's got to improve. He won that of a mark of 1-3-3. He's won 4-3 now. Appreciate it's 1-5-3, I think. Um, but I don't think we've seen the best of him just yet. No, I don't think we have. And interesting that they've put the cheek pieces on him. Um, it didn't look like a horse that was in need of any headgear to help him, but they maybe feel that that is going to eke out a little bit more improvement, an improvement that would be required to go on and, and win this race if you look at the rating that he's on. But he's a horse that's going the right way. He's still open to a little bit more improvement. I just question a little bit. He seemed to thrive in that big field environment, didn't he, of the mm. Betfair hurdle last time out. And he's into a smaller field. This is a different sort of uh, supreme novices than what we've been used to. And that might not ideally suit him, but maybe I'm plucking at straws a little bit there to try and find reasons to prefer Metier to him. But ultimately, I just think Metier is a slightly better horse, but respect Soaring Glory's chance. Yeah, I totally agree. They would be my two against the field. And whilst I appreciate that, appreciate it, it's a short price favourite for a very good reason. He just looks one of the skinnier ones of the week that maybe could just be taken on. Our race in focus this week is the champion hurdle. Um, okay, well, let's start with Honey Supple because she's just a phenomenal mare. She's won at the festival before. And I think it was undoubtedly a career best last time at Leopardstown. I think it was. And, and the time was very good that day as well. And the, the thing that I've liked about Honey Supple this year is that particularly so at Leopardstown last time out, her jumping, which could sometimes previously have been a little bit slow. She was obviously very good. She'd never been beaten. But I always had it in the back of my mind that if she dropped back to two miles, jumping at Cheltenham, it might not have been quite slick enough. But she was very good in that department um, on both of her starts so far this season. So I don't think that's really a concern. I was worried about her on drying ground over two miles at Cheltenham. Um, this track is the speedier track of the two. 
Thursday and Friday, we get onto the stiffer new course, but the old course is more about speed. And that was a worry for me, but given the rain that we've had, I can't find too many problems with Honeysuckle, other than she's a, a short price in a deep race. And so I'm going to take her on, but she's, she's a worthy favourite with a very good chance. Come on then, what are you going to take her on with? Well, nothing that exciting. Um, in I'm going for Epiton, who is the reigning champion, and um, she comes into this on the back of a disappointing run, but for which I think she would have been favourite. If she'd have turned up here, let's not forget, she was five to four even money after she won the fighting fifth um, at Newcastle for this race. One disappointment at Kempton in a race where she got worked up in the paddock, she just wasn't herself, and the way that race developed at Kempton just didn't really suit her. I think there's been an overreaction to the disappointment of that run. And if she's back to the form that she was in um, at Cheltenham last year when she won this race impressively, then Honeysuckle is going to be absolutely have to be bang on her air game. And even if she is, it's not absolutely certain to be good enough to beat Epiton. I think these are two very closely matched mares. And to be honest, if it had been really soft ground, as soft as it can be soft and bordering heavy, I would have gone Honeysuckle. On any quicker good ground or quicker I would have definitely been Epiton in between just a case of who's the bigger price and Epiton is the bigger price so I'm going for her. We've also got Goshen that we should mention as well because that was a pretty good effort I mean I don't think anyone could say other um, winning at Wincanton last time and obviously after what happened in the Triumph last year which was soul destroying for everyone connected it's been some performance to get him back to where he is and he looks also a big player. He does. It's been a, a, a steady road to recovery, really, for Goshen, hasn't it? Since that real iconic moment of last year's Sheldon Festival. A shame that, that that incident was the lasting memory, really, of that festival for many. He'll it, always be, whatever Goshen goes on to do, that triumph hurdle and the drama of that will always be something that he's remembered for and that last year's festival is remembered for. And having been very keen on him that day, I must admit, head were in hands for a good while. Um, that day, uh, so far as Goshen was concerned, from my point of view. Since then, he's had those runs on the flats and he didn't really fully sparkle for all that he was running quite well. And then he was disappointing on his return to hurdling, but he was very much back at Wincanton last time out. I think he's going to need to um, at least reproduce that, perhaps better it. And giving the weight away to these mares is going to take a massive effort on his part, but I would love to see him do it. So to summarise, you're very much in the camp of um, Epiton and I'm going against you with Honeysuckle. But I know you, you don't think there's an awful lot in it and it's one of those intriguing clashes um, of the meeting. Well, once again, let's just remind you of Mansion Bet's special offer for Cheltenham. And that is, you will get paid out in full if you have a bet in the first race each day and your horse finishes second. Well, before we preview Wednesday's champion bumper, let's now hear from Mansion Bet's brand ambassador. And that is, of course, Brian Hughes. My, my tip for the champion bumper is Kilcrut. I was very impressed with him at Leopardstown. Um, he had a big reputation going into the race and he duly obliged winning a very good bumper, very impressively. Obviously, the fellow Irish horse, Sir Gerhard, is, um, is obviously well thought of and, and he's won his two races very impressively, but I was just very taken by the way the Willie Mullins inmate to, um, Done, done one day's race, so uh, I'd be sticking with him. So, Kilcrew, the selection of Brian Hughes there, and he touched on the fact that he was hugely impressive at Leopardstown last time. Chris, did 
did you come to that same conclusion? I mean, visually he was, but some will say that maybe they feel he was a little flattered. Yeah, and I think it's tough to say with absolute conviction, Emma, one way or the other. There's no doubt that he was very, very impressive. And again, this was something that we spoke about very early on um, in this series for the winner's enclosure. Um, and it was clear at the time that he was going to head to Cheltenham with a massive chance in the champion bumper. Willie Mullins had won that same race that Kilcrew bolted up in that grade two um, at Leopardstown with Appreciate It the year before, before he was sent off favourite and placed in the champion bumper at Cheltenham. So um, I, I definitely liked Kilcrew's performance. I was very much taken by it. But there is an element as you go back through it of the feeling as though he was allowed to be seen to maximum effect. The race did very much fall apart. They went a good gallop on very deep ground. He was able to carry on powering away in the manner of a very, very good horse. But you just wonder how quick they were going in behind. And, you know, ultimately, I, I don't want to be dead against him or anything, but I will look elsewhere. Yeah, Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott are the two that sort of farm this race. Between them, they've won the last four runnings. I think it's two apiece. But because of what's happened with Gordon Elliott um, and obviously Sir Gerhard moving, Willie's got three of the top four in the betting here, which isn't unusual. And we can quite often see a surprise with the Mullins team, can't we? At a big prize sneak in. You can do. And, and if there was going to be a big prize one of Willie Mullins, it might just be the Mayor Grangy who... Um, she's two from three so far. She's getting that mare's allowance. Her one defeat came when she ran at uh, Market Raisin behind Pam Sly's really good mare, Eileen Dover. I don't think there was any disgrace in that. Uh, Grangie just wasn't quite quick enough on that occasion. She's perhaps a slightly stronger stayer than um, the winner, Eileen Dover, that day. But she, she wasn't disgraced behind a very good one. She's won either side of that, including the grade two. Amongst the bigger prices, she would catch my eye a little bit. But it's Sir Gerhard that I'm going to go for as a selection. Formerly, of course, with um, Gordon Elliott. Moved because of what's happened recently to the Willie Mullins team. Rachel Blackmore is uh, taking the ride. Uh, Jamie Cobb's obviously been aboard previously. Sir Gerhard, he's won both of his starts so far. First of all at Down Royal, then at Navin in listed company. And that listed race that he won at Navin, has often been won by Gordon Elliott with horses that went on to be his real star names going forward. The likes of Envoy Allen, who always had a massive reputation. Sam Crow, when he was the second, the, the next coming, he won that race. So it's a race that Gordon Elliott has always targeted with a really good horse. And just on the times, I think Sir Gerhard, with the uh, clock performance of his two runs, might just be the way to go. I totally agree. Sir Gerhard, uh, all the way for me. And I think it can be another winner on the card, but well, Chiefly Park and also Rachel Blackmore and uh, Willie Mullins. So it's time now to, uh, to come up with a nap of the day for Tuesday and Wednesday anyway. I'll start with Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to go for Metier. I was kind of struggling where to go. The handicap interested me a little bit, um, the Ultima. Um, and who agree was tempting, but the price has kind of gone on him in the boodle. So it's Metier in the Supreme Novices. We've discussed him already, but um, I think this is a horse that is just a little bit overpriced. Um, I think he's got an awful lot of ability. And um, my brother Martin, who's been on this, this show a few times, he was chatting to Harry Fry the other week down at the races, and he was saying that this horse's preparation got absolutely A1. They very, very much got him where they would want him. And um, I think Metier in the Supreme is going to have to be my net. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Honeysuckle again. I've spoken about her. Um, I think hopefully she can make it 11 from 11. And I think it would be a wonderful result in a competitive champion hurdle. On to Wednesday's nap of the day. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for um, a horse in the Johnny Henderson Grand Annual, so the penultimate race, big field handicap. And the horse I'm going to go with is Embittered. Now, I've already done a little bit of money on this race, Emma, because I backed Sully Dock um, anti-post last week, as close as that, thinking this one might move in the market, but hasn't been declared, won't be running. And at the time, I was thinking I will probably also back Embittered in that race. With Sully Dock out the way, my big price fancy for it, it very much leads the door ajar for Embittered. And if he wins this, it will be one of my biggest wins of the week, I reckon. Um, trained by Joseph O'Brien. He's been over fences so far behind some of the top novices in Ireland this season in graded company. He's into a handicap now for Mark 146. He finished third behind Sam Ra in um, the county hurdle last year at the Cheltenham Festival off this mark of 146 of the hurdles and he would have been a bit closer if not for meeting trouble in running his style of racing is perfect for the um, old course at Cheltenham his jumping has looked good and he's unexposed so embittered is my nap in the grand annual on Wednesday Okay, well, I'm going to go for a win double rather than one horse because I wanted, I think, Chuck Ampoussois sort of best bet of the week and I wanted to put something with him because I thought piling into something that's a shade of odds on is not very original. Um, so I've gone with Bob Ollinger, who I think has looked a very exciting horse so far in what he's done. I think he's very much the one to beat in the Ballymore. And it's, once again, it's that combination of Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. So that's our best bets of the week for Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back later in the week for our reflections on th our reflections back and also our best bets for the rest of the week. Chris, thank you very much and enjoy being at Cheltenham tomorrow. Will do. Thanks, Emma.